Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey, yo, folks, it's Conzie with the most. It is December 9th, 2020. What is going on, people? Anyways, we're getting closer and closer to holidays, and I wanted to give you a quick update on the holiday schedule for Conzie's Diary quick. We will be taking the week off between Christmas and New Year's, so there will be no episode that week, but we will return immediately the following week, that first week in January. You do have a couple more episodes of the Conzie's Diary yet coming yet this year, so be excited for that. On today's episode of Conzie's Diary, I started out, and I actually recorded this a bit ago, and after 15 minutes of being of recording realized I still had so much to say about the topic that I needed to narrow down the focus. I was originally going to talk to you about, you know, my thought process going into organizing and running a tournament and all of that preparation and thought that you might want to consider both as a beginner and also as a person who's, you know, maybe run a few tournaments or are looking to make an even bigger event. What I re- realize is I have, like I said, way too much to say on that topic, and I need to break it down a little bit more. So on today's episode, I'm going to focus in on trying to think through the budgeting of the event. On a future episode, I'll talk about how you market and promote the uh, event, Some, and then eventually I'll get to some other logistics you need to consider uh, as far as running the event and how you want to put it together. Let's get started. With any tournament, the biggest thing that I see a lot of tournament organizers struggle with, and this is myself included originally, is that when you run a tournament, it's like running a small mini business. And it's very easy to get into, put yourself in the hole financially and end up having to owe money to run a tournament to get people to participate in that event. Hopefully, some advice here that I'm about to give will keep you from doing that. That said, I have been notorious in the past, particularly when running Merry Mayhem, uh, my old Warhammer Fantasy charity tournament that also had some War Machine included, in going way over budget. And I'll kind of explain how I, why that was uh, near the end of this episode. With running a tournament, you need to consider roughly how many people you're for sure going to have attend and what that entrance fee is going to be. But you need to work that a little... You don't have any of that information when you're first putting out the, hey, I'm going to run a tournament and please sign up and you start to promote it. So you have to make some some loose estimates. The first thing I, I, I always say to anyone who's going to look at running a tournament, particularly for a miniatures game, you have to have at least 50% of your expected attendance to come from your local gaming community. The people that are actually playing at the store or venue or venues within the town or municipality or you know whatever that area is coming from the event. For me here in Madison, that means that really the people that are coming to my event need to be the people that are playing at that game store. Take Star Wars Legion, for example. There are uh, two stores actively really in Madison right now that have Star Wars Legion communities. That's uh, The Last Square, or not The Last Square, that's Misty Mountain Games, and I'm bored. 
Now, Einboard is uh, located on one side of town, and Misty is located on the other. And if you run a tournament for Star Wars Legion at one of those stores, you get a good chance that you're going to get a bunch of local turnout for that store. But getting people to come to that event from the other side of town that support their other store has been a challenge historically. Now, I'm not saying that's always the case, and it's not always your community, but you have to kind of understand that player base and know who you're going to expect. Don't 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 get hopeful and over expect more turnout than what you're going to actually get. Be realistic when you're when you're thinking this through. So if 50% of your turnout is planned from local players and you know you're going to you're from lo- that local players and you know you're going to get say you have 10 people that are playing at your store uh, or that local player group and you don't think you're going to get all of those players either. Think you're probably going to get about 70% of them. That gives you, okay, out of a 10-person group, you're going to get about seven. That means if you can, you should be able to expect maybe another seven people turning out from either other stores in that local area or maybe people traveling in from out of town. That gets you at a 14-person event. Okay, so now that you've kind of figured out how many people you can kind of budget or expect to have, you might still want to advertise your event and promote your event as a 20-person or 25-person, you know, total tickets that you can sell. But you you can budget around that 14-person mark. The next thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to identify all of your expenses. One of the key expenses is going to be venue space. That could be as simple as getting that that venue space from your local game store. However, things like miniatures games do take up a lot of physical floor space for that store. And getting that time on a premium day like a Saturday is going to be challenging, particularly if you're competing for that space against other games that are going to fill more gamers and sell more product on the day of the event, such as maybe a Magic Gathering tournament or a number of other types of events. That said, a good relationship with your local game store and can go a long ways to smoothing this out, particularly if that game store can see the historical increase in sales every time you run a, run an event. Note that particularly with miniatures games, game stores are going to see the sales increase, particularly with those players that are coming from locally, a month or two ahead of time as players purchase new kits, models, to build or add to their armies in preparation for that tournament. Other venue options could include uh, wedding or banquet halls um, or other similar places. I know I've used the local VFW that's right uh, down the street from where I live here on the Madison East to great effect for running events in the past, but... When you're looking at a $500 or more, uh, particularly for hotels, convention center space, you could be looking into thousands of dollars to get that venue space for something that's big enough to hold, say, 40 or 50 people. That really does impact how much you have to charge to try to make up or at least not lose money on the event. Other expenses that you need to consider besides that is, of course, if you need to Uh, If the venue doesn't have enough tables or chairs for your particular event, you do need to get into those logistics. That's usually not a problem, particularly with a lot of these venues, but I have run into that actually in the past as well. Plenty of floor space, but not enough tables. Also, you want to consider that uh, you want to have cover some costs for things like terrain and other materials to be able to run the event. 
Terrain in particular can be a challenge depending on your venue. Most of the local game stores here have that that are in my community have terrain on hand. They may not have enough terrain. Say if I wanted to run a Batman miniatures tournament with modern terrain, I can tell you that it, I don't have a store here in town that has enough modern terrain to bulk out, say, 10 or 15 tables. I'm going to have to purchase or manufacture enough terrain to supplement what the store doesn't have. Same can go for bolt action if I want to have stuff that uh, terrain that's historically kind of based. And if I really want to get wild with it and have great terrain boards and and all of that kind of things, those kind of things do add up as expenses. And here's a hidden cost you don't normally think about. Storage. How do you store all the stuff you made after the fact? I can tell you, after running Merry Mayhem for almost 10 years, that 20 tables of Warhammer terrain, Warhammer Fantasy terrain, which is only like five or six pieces per table, adds up in a hurry. And then when I started thinking about the logistics of having to get it all to the venue, get it all set up and be able to tear it all down relatively quickly, I had added expense in purchasing an additional plastic totes to store all of the terrain in so that one table, one set of terrain, one table, one set of terrain, and this would repeat over and over 20 times. Then I had to store 20 tables worth of terrain in 20 separate plastic bins, plus all of the, all of the mats and or other uh, table toppers uh, and types of materials like that. It added up to a lot. Fortunately, I had a large, a fairly large house at the time to store that in, but that's not everyone's option. If you live in an apartment or something like that, you might be pressed for a room to store the terrain, making you have to look at other options, such as leasing rental storage during the time when the tournaments are not happening. Another thing to consider uh, when you go into running tournaments is the other materials, as I kind of highlighted on before. That's not just the terrain. Do you need to supply anything like objective markers or other bits and bobs? For Merry Mayhem, I wanted to run tournaments that had people inspired about the holiday season. So, I would purchase. I found and purchased little gift, box, pre-wrapped gift boxes. They had little bows on them, so that I could use those as objectives. That was just an extra expense. Some tournaments like to purchase and and either hand out and give away maybe some some MDF or plastic objective tokens or markers. Those kind of things. All of that does add up to your overall tournament expense, and you should budget for that accordingly. Another final thing that you want to cover is all of the printed materials that you need to have. Are you going to go down to uh, like your local printer, um, you know, office supply store or printer and have all that materials printed? Well, that's an additional expense that can add up, you know, at 10 or 15 cents a copy. If you need 40 copies of something, that's a that adds up quick. It's worth noting any electronics that you need to have to support the event do you need you know does your venue have appropriate Wi-Fi? Do you need to get a hotspot for the day of the event? Do you need to you know is there a printer or a computer available at that venue? Those types of things you know not everybody has a laptop. Most people do right now, but I can see as time goes on and the upcoming years that and mobile tablets and phones become more and more effective at replacing the laptop that that's not going to be something you have. Certainly, a lot of people don't have printers right now, and 
man, I can tell you how nice it is to go to an event that when they set up table pairings, it's printed on sheets of paper and posted around the room, particularly when there's 40, 50, 60 people. You can ask people to try to go to a website during the event, but if the internet service in that venue isn't very good or there's not free Wi-Fi for them to connect to, that could be a real challenge for your users. So all those are all things that you have to kind of keep in mind. You have something that you can take as a, a very effective uh, game setup kit that you can actually deploy uh, so that you have your judges station well equipped. Finally, having a supply of additional pens, tape measures, and um, other components that you're going to, that people are going to inherently forget on hand is always useful to make your event go smoothly. Picking up a box of pens should be budgeted in, as well as maybe picking up a couple of spare tape measures if you don't already own them. Again, just little things, that, these little details and these little things go to making your event so much more effective and so much more enjoyable for your guests on the day of, but do continue to add expense. So you want to make sure that you budget for it. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself easily going in, be either either not providing the same experience for your uh, attendees as you wanted to, or you're going to find yourself going way over budget in a hurry. One last thing to consider, and I and I probably you know I think this is something that every tournament organizer assumes, but there is a cost to the prize support for the event. Whether you're going to give out a trophy or plaques or just product, these things do end up costing you money out of pocket. It's real easy to say all tournament proceeds go towards prize support for this event. Well, guess what? You just didn't cover all of the other expenses you just, that I just talked about. So guess who's going to out of pocket those or you're just going to go without Maybe your venue venue will supply your users some pens, or you can steal some, you know, take some some of those kind of things from the venue because people didn't bring pens to write down, fill out their result sheets. But you know, those expenses do add up, and you can look to things like trying to get event sponsorship from from various places, or you can ask your if you're doing it at a local game store, you can ask them to throw in uh, some price support and product support. It's very possible that they will, but it's just as possible they won't. There's nothing worse, particularly for a game store, than on tournament day not selling any product and giving you all that space. And I've heard that actually come back from game stores after I've run events there or I've seen other tournament organizers run events there, is that there was an upset or frustration that they just gave up the entire day to your event and they didn't they had a bad sales day because you're occupying so much of the games or of their space that they were not able to bring in an event that would have been would have had more tables so you have to kind of measure that with how am i how am i going to put myself in the shoes of anybody i'm going to ask for some product or or sponsorship for and be prepared to say, hey, I'm going to put a big chunk of the tournament proceeds into this. I do have some of my own expenses, but hey, I'm going to have 14 people here. We're going to charge $15 a crack. I, I'm positive I'll have at least that many, but I'm going to ask for 20 And I guarantee that you're going to, you're going to get $100 of that or $140 of that 
of that $15 per head. You know, I'll give you $10 in prize support out of that. And at least that goes a little bit of a ways towards helping them see, you know, hey, okay, this these guys are actually worried about me as a business and building that relationship on a on a business on a you know that you're considering and thinking about their business and their livelihood uh, as a local game store will go a long ways to helping mitigate those problems, but also helps you helps you build that relationship so that they're more there's more incentive for them to maybe give you a discount on that hundred and forty dollars worth of product that you're going to purchase from them, or that they'll throw in some extra stuff that they have laying around that maybe they couldn't sell or it's older product or even some of the newer product. It's really kind of up to you and up to you to build that relationship, but it's going. you need to be prepared for that piece as well. All right, that's kind of all of the things that I go through to consider when I'm building an event like this and a tournament like this, think through those processes. Of course, when I ran Merry Mayhem, I ran that way over budget. Historically, up to when I started Merry Mayhem, I was donating two or three hundred dollars a year to Toys for Tots. So when I started Mary Mayhem, I looked at it as a way to take that two or three hundred dollars I was spending as kind of that would be overflow over the top of entry fees to give instead of giving it to Toys for Tots, I would have a charity raffle at the event and that charity raffle would go a hundred percent to the Toys for Tots, uh, all of those proceeds, and that charity raffle would be supplemented with that extra two or three hundred dollars that I was coming out of my pocket that would get by models. Eventually, it turned into five or six or seven hundred dollars worth of product as I was purchasing whole armies to give away, and there was a lot of excitement about that, and it got additional people to turn out. It was a, it was kind of a niche to in the tournament scene, and it turned into a kind of a staple event that so many people like to go to. And we did great work for the last few years, generating upwards of a $1,500 or more every year for Toys for Tots. So I was doing the charity more work or more benefit than I was actually investing out of my own pocket. That said, it's not always the best thing, and I don't recommend that you do that uh, as the way to get your tournaments going. Nothing worse than running, a, you know, putting together a charity raffle that, and then spending $300 out of your own pocket and only getting $50 to give away or, you know, out of the raffle. You, you don't want to go in and do that necessarily on your first event if you, you don't have an expectation that you're going to have a large uh, person turn out to the event. Okay, anyways, that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about today. We'll see what I, what I ramble about next time on Conzie's Diary. In the meantime, make sure that you check out all of our social media, and if you aren't following us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, make sure that you go ahead and hit that like button or subscribe and make sure that you catch us for all of our updates. We're playing a ton of different games, painting models, doing lots of hobby activity. So if you want those latest updates on what we're doing, make sure you follow us or subscribe. Also, please be aware that we do have a Discord server that we have just recently started. It is a currently, I think, a private. We aren't public community quite yet. So uh, you can just look for the Conzi on Discord and hit me hit me up via PM and ask for an invite to the Wisco Dice, or catch a catch one of the twenty four hour invites I've been posting to social media when I post it. Until then, we'll talk to you later. Peace out. <laughs>